0: Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation, and a, st- a special double welcome to our best and worst of 2021. End of your show! Woo! we are going to be running through the best of the best of the best of the worst of things of 2021 in a uh, cat- a voting category designed by our very own Brianna Wu, expert. Of podcast (laughs) games for us to play.
1: I love coming up with games. This is my favorite thing to do. You're a game master for sure.
2: That's right. I am the Game Master. In the spirit of
1: that, I will
2: throw to
0: you to lead us through the rest of the show.
1: All right. So we work here
2: on the honor system. We all respect one another. And this is how we're going to roll today. Uh -uh. We have some categories I'm going to announce. I'm going to give a little bit of context to the category. And then all three of us will succinctly... uh, Basically make an argument for what we think should be in that category, and then we'll all vote on it. The best of, like, it's three here, so there's uh, unless all of us vote for our own category and they tie, uh, we'll come out with a clear winner every time. This is uh, usually pretty uh, productive uh, every single year. Uh, Many of these categories are returning. We have an all-new mystery category that I'm really excited about this year, which will be dumbest financial decision by a rocket host Very <laughs>
1: excited about that one i can't wait to see which one i win
2: we'll come uh, back
1: to that you've got <laughs> tough
2: you have some competition this year. all right so number one uh topic here best Apple product. We do this literally every year. Mm -hmm. I was worried about this topic this year because there's such a clear winner, but we still got to do it. So uh, uh, Simone, let's start with you. Of everything Apple brought out this year for 2021, what do you think their product of the year is?
0: Well, thank you for letting me go first so that I can say the thing before everyone else says the thing. (laughs) For me, it is the 14-inch MacBook Pro, the M1X MacBook Pro. Uh, I have been super excited about the ways that Apple is developing its own chip architecture. Uh, When we saw the initial M1 line come out last year, it felt like a really, really promising start. And with uh, the machines that came out this year, it seems like they have doubled down on everything that i wanted from a professional macbook down to just like the little quality of life things that i love about my 2015 macbook pro like magsafe um and its keyboard and but then also adding like wonderful new things like the way that the uh the charging cable uh works and of course the new chip architecture that's going to make it a beast to run uh the programs that i need like premiere adobe premiere pro um even without it being specifically um even with it being translated through rosetta stone for the m1 chip uh still running like a dream so for me that is my best apple product of 2021
2: amazing uh christina what would you say
1: yeah, absolutely. It's the 14-inch MacBook Pro. My, my MacBook, which I am recording this on right now, is um, absolutely the best Apple laptop that I've had in, you know, close to a decade. Like, I think that the the, the, the Retina MacBook Pro was, was the last time that I had a, a MacBook that I, that I liked this much. This is the successor. This is the thing that I've been waiting for you know, like eight years for genuinely. And uh, it's uh, everything Simone said remains uh, true. The battery life is really solid. Um, the performance is really good. You know, there are still some issues with some software things for for software devs, especially if you deal with virtualization or Docker or whatnot uh, on the M1. But even that is is getting sorted out. Um, this is just, it's it's all out. It's a complete just a triumph and it's an achievement. And I spent a ridiculous amount of money on it and i'm not even remotely mad about it <laughs> okay
2: well uh obviously i vote for this i could not disagree i just to vary the topic up i brought a backup candidate Thank for <laughs> this just to, to keep it to keep it going uh so this year i bought my husband the ipad mini uh oh, it's yeah. a 400 it's product um you know a lot of the stuff apple brought out this year I, i'm not saying it's bad the new iphone is not bad it's just not an exciting, sexy product the way the iPhone mm-hmm. can be. Uh, you know, the the new uh, iMac, uh, the 24-inch iMac, didn't that come out with the colors this year? It did. I believe it did. It did, and it's beautiful. A, a good product, but it's just 24 inches is too small for that to be a product to really get excited about. Um, I think the iPad Mini, I've got in my house. It's a fantastic reading uh, reading device. It deserves an honorable mention, but I think all of us agree that the M1 MacBook pro is the apple product of the year right 100
0: mm. all right well that was easy
2: that's that great was easy but it's gonna get harder from here Samantha. yeah it's gonna be all anger and argument from now on in this show uh, <laughs> just like so every episode next, next yes uh next category best non-Apple product. Uh, you could be referring here to a Microsoft a Microsoft product, a Google product, a PlayStation product. You know, All of us here on the show, our heart goes with Apple, but there are other tech companies out there putting out products. So we're going to vary it up. Uh, Christina, let's start with you. What Ooh. is your best non-Apple product to come out this year?
1: Um, the Framework Laptop. Okay. Tell um so, so So the Framework laptop, this is, so I bought two laptops this year. Uh, technically three, I returned the Dell XPS 9310 and I returned it for the Framework laptop. It is uh, from a company called Framework, which is a, a startup um, based in, uh, I think that they're in California. They, um, uh, but they have a lot of people who've, you know, worked at um, uh, Oculus and, and Apple and, and other places. And it is a laptop that is designed from the beginning to be sustainable and repairable and upgradable. And, when we first talked about it, I think in April, I, I said, I really liked the idea. I was really hesitant about how well it would work because we've seen a lot of these modular sort of, you know, designs before. Um, I still, am not going to be able to know like long-term, you know, I can't predict the future. Is this going to be a company that, you know, exists in, in 10 years or not? I don't know, but um, I bought one. Um, I got it in September and I love it. It's um, an incredibly, incredibly good uh, PC laptop, like for kind of a thin and light kind of laptop, um, but it has, you know, modularity. So I have, you know, um, I can swap out one of the the USB um for um ports for an HDMI or display port. I also have a couple of one terabyte drives that will go in it that are they're USB 3.2 so they're they're pretty fast, a uh, little kind of little mini SSDs. Um you can also, you know, they have like SD cards and, and, and other kind of accessories that make it really easy to just swap things in and out. It's completely repairable. Um I had an issue with mine where the um, Uh, wireless antenna, the way that you connect, if if you do the model where you build it yourself, the way that you connect the Wi-Fi antenna, the clips on mine, I've used these sorts of clips before. They're always a pain. But in this case, I just couldn't get it to stay attached to the the, um, Wi-Fi module. And so I was having a lower signal. And so they sent me, completely free of charge, they sent me new um, antenna cables and a new Wi-Fi module. And instructions on how to take the screen apart and run the wires through and do all of it. I just needed a Phillips head screwdriver that came with the laptop um, or T9, whatever it was that came with the laptop, had instructions, had everything to do with it. I really love this. And I love this idea that you don't have to throw things away, that you can upgrade things, you can fix things yourself. Um, I think it's a really great concept, and so for me, that was the, that's that's my my best non Apple product. For okay. Quick
2: question as a judge, you know the problem with these modular products is you know, the feel of them, it, it just can never really compete with, you know, really top of the line, like laptops. So, you know, like something really put together, uh, expertly. So like in the function of it, like, can it really hold its own yes. with, with other laptops?
1: I, I returned a Dell XPS 9310 for this, like I okay. bought them both. And, and yeah, I mean, I would say like, Look, obviously, something that's glued together is going to have a tiny bit more finish. Mm-hmm. But the keyboard is excellent. The trackpad is great. You, if you looked at it, and we're and we're and we're, if I handed it to you and you didn't know that it had modular, you know, uh, uh, components on it, you would have no idea okay. because it is it is really really good. In fact, when I showed it to a friend of mine who wasn't expecting that, she was like, "Oh, I thought this would have been bigger. I thought this would have been bulkier." So, okay, I, I totally hear you, but no, I mean that's that's. Um, uh, was a surprising and a nice revelation for me.
2: I, I have to ask if I could be voting on it. Okay, Simone, what, yes. what, what do you have for us?
0: All right. So my suggestion was actually the Nintendo Switch OLED. Ooh. Okay. Oh. Uh, this is maybe not the most exciting choice since obviously the Switch has been around for a long time. But this year we did not get the Switch Pro, but we got this OLED screen switch that had a lot of other little quality of life improvements. Like they finally made the kickstand, not terrible. Uh, They changed the back of the dock so that you're not, you know, pulling it open on that hinge and trying to stuff cables in there. You can just pull that back of it off so you could plug things in, including a LAN cable, because uh, it has a LAN port now. It also, they bumped it up to 64 gigabytes of storage, which is really nice. And obviously, OLED screens just look sick! Um, So for me, this is in the same way that I think the Switch was maybe my best product, like two Mm -hmm. years running. Three. Three years running. Why not again? Why not one more time? They just keep making it good, so... (laughs) Why change?
2: Okay, tough question for you, Simone. Yeah. Does the fact that you still cannot buy one <laughs> without paying mm. money to the mob or donating a kidney, do you feel that takes away from the score?
0: Yes, I do. Okay. Because it, it has been a pain in the butt since since the chip shortage started, since March of 2020, to purchase the Switch, it is hard. Okay. Um, yeah.
2: Okay, so uh mine is very similar to yours Simone. um i I'm kind of cheating this a little bit because it did not technically come out this year, but it really came into its own this year uh and I'm talking about the Xbox series s oh the yeah. base generation next Xbox. so a couple of things with this first, you can get this system for less than three hundred dollars with game Pass. It is just hands down, period, no argument, the best deal in games. And this year is the year that all the really big Xbox exclusives have finally hit. You're not just playing old games. You're playing Halo Infinite. You're playing Forza 5, which is unbelievably good. Just a rock solid, no argument um, Mm -hmm. like category of games. Mm -hmm. Also, Hackers this year have started to really turn the Xbox series S into what is probably the best emulation, uh, like dedicated PC in this price range you could possibly buy. They have Nintendo 64 emulation that you can play through the browser on it. They stunningly good. Um, just, just top to bottom, it it doesn't do anything better than like a, a three thousand dollar PC would do, but it's three hundred freaking dollars, yeah, y'all. Yeah,
0: Brianna,
1: you've turned me, and it's the one that's like the easiest to get. Like, not that it's easy, but you you can find them much more easily than you can a, a PS Five or an Xbox Series X.
2: A hundred percent, and the graphical downgrades that you get between this and the X, I I'm not going to tell you you can't notice them. I, I'm saying they don't really matter that much. Like if, if you, you're getting a great experience here. So mm-hmm. uh, again, it didn't come out this year, but that would be my argument for best non Apple product.
0: I, I think I actually, I will agree with that, especially I as you too. pointed out, game pass has made that the continued best deal in gaming. I think for the second w- year in a row, in the same way that the switch really dominated the conversation, the past two years I think Xbox is going to keep at the top of the field for the next two years um because there's just no downsides to it at the moment as a consumer mm-hmm.
1: yeah no I I'm, I'm gonna agree with both of you on that I think that like uh, I, I, I I almost actually chose like game pass as my thing um but uh I I feel like the the series s I feel like that's a really great point because it is a really good console for the price. If you're not playing in 4K, it, the performance is, is great. As you said, the fact that like there are emulators and and other kind of hacks that people are working on, you know, uh, through RetroArch and through um, the web browser are really strong. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think the Series S is uh, a really really good console. And I also think like once uh, you know XCloud, you know, gaming and, and game streaming becomes more and more ubiquitous, it's going to become. And even kind of better long term value for, for people who, you mm-hmm. know, they could p- potentially still, you know, play even like future gen games or whatnot percent, um,
2: so, yeah. Uh, honorable mention to yours, though, Christina, because repairability, I mean, especially we are living through some really catastrophic uh, things with the climate right now. And I think that's increasingly important. So just wanted to mention that. Happy to give it an honorable mention. Uh, next category here. Best handheld game. Now, I am sort of merging these together in I think a Nintendo Switch game if it's in the spirit of a kind of game that you primarily play in handheld mode Mm. I will accept that here. But it could also be a phone game. And the reason I'm expanding that category is I personally went through every single damn Apple arcade game that came out this year, and I could not vote for a single one in good conscience. That's so, hard. Uh, uh, so, since you think that's hard, we'll go to Christina first.
1: Uh, so, so best Apple arcade game? Well, best handheld, handheld game.
2: game. So, it could be a Nintendo Switch
1: game. Oh, that yeah, came out then this Animal year. Crossing 2.0.
2: Okay, very fair. That's very good. Fair. That's
1: good. Do you feel? I yeah. Most
2: people play that in handheld mode. I'll count that. Uh, why? Why would you argue for that?
1: I think that it was a really solid 2.0 upgrade. I mean, I think that the DLC pack is is really good. You know, the Happy Homemaker stuff. But they added a ton of stuff to the game, and um, and and for free, no less too. And they could have charged. I mean, if anything, yeah. I almost feel like they they, uh, they should have maybe for their own monetary reasons done the inverse and and made that the the. DLC thing or part of the new more expensive um uh uh, Nintendo subscription but um uh and and made the the DLC like the free update but regardless I, I feel like it's a really solid upgrade to a game that a lot of people you know maybe didn't play for a while myself being one of them and then with adding all the new features and and speeding things up and improving the multiplayer mode and you know going from island to island like they I, I really enjoyed it and, and I enjoyed talking with the, my cousin's kids about it at Thanksgiving. Oh. So uh, I was I, I, I was definitely the cool adult at the table. So
0: yeah, that's my vote.
2: I love it. Simone?
0: Yeah, I've been thinking back on my game of the year list uh, from this year. I've tried to find it again and I don't know where it went. Um, but I, I, I really did not play as many Switch games this year as I did in previous years. And that's, I think, the primary platform that i consume handheld games on so i'm gonna Mm -hmm. weirdly have to say pikmin bloom um, okay which is barely anything it is even less (laughs) intensive than pokemon go in terms of a time investment but i i think i've really enjoyed it this year for that exact reason um because you can really just you you walk around and that's the primary way that you're engaging with it. Cause that will allow um, you to find expeditions. It'll allow you to hatch or to grow new Pikmin. Um, and the Pikmin are so freaking cute. I've really become passionate about leveling them all up to, to four hearts so that they can wear a little object. Um, and I have two now that are wearing bread and that's super exciting for me to see. And three of them have mushroom hats.
2: That's, I mean, that's an uh, automatic award right there to get yeah. a rocket if you can you wear You put
0: red on my Pikmin? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so it's really fun and it's free. So if you uh, couldn't get into Pokemon Go because it's too, like at this point, it's, I think, difficult to get into Pokemon Go from scratch because of all the systems that have built up on top of it, um, even though it is still a great game, I think. Uh, Pikmin Bloom does not have that yet. You can get in on the ground floor.
2: Amazing. Um, I, I've not played this, but I will take your word for it that, that it's awesome. I want to tell y'all a story about GDC a few years ago when I went to, uh, I went and my friend Wren uh, Breyer comes up to me and she's like, oh, Brianna, you know, I'm working on this prototype for a game. Will you come look at this? And I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll take a look at it. And uh, she hands me this beautiful, game that she's been working on with this pixelated art inside of it and it's called unpacking (gasps) and the gimmick of it is you're going through and you're like unpacking an entire closet and and putting things away and i just see the 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 basis like temporary version of this right like her early prototype of it um and i'm like wow, this is really fun. This is really addictive. And I'm saying to myself, I'm like, I don't know how much substance this is going to have or how she's going to turn into a whole game. But this is really fun. Uh, fast forward to 2021. Unpacking has sold, uh, Over uh, uh, 10,000 copies at $20 a pop within the first week. Uh, It was a contender for Game of the Year for many, many people that I know. And this is one of these wonderful games that you can hand to, like, a person that's never played a game before, and they will understand the mechanics, or you can hand to a hardcore gamer And they will get into it because the story is very, very deep and very touching. Uh, The art style is charming. It's not stressful to play. And I think it is truly a a masterpiece. And I'm I'm very proud to see my friends succeed at this. So uh, in my opinion, the best handheld game of the year is Unpacking Unpacked.
0: I I will say Unpacking did make it onto my game of the year list. I am remembering that now. I did play it on PC so I didn't think of it uh as a handheld game. Mm-hmm. I wanted to play it. I noticed that it
1: was on the Polygon game of the year list and and now I'm now I'm going to download this and play this on my Switch on my flight on um Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great move. It's it's very
0: very good. Um right. uh, between those three, that's that's uh, what was yours again? Animal Crossing, Christina. Yeah. Er, I.
2: I think Animal Crossing has more depth. Yeah. My only argument with that is it really came out last year, and this is more of a DLC for it. But it's a really good DLC. Yeah,
0: I think I would be. I could be swayed to unpacking. Although I, I, it is. I do think it is impressive how. Animal Crossing really dominated the conversation last March when it initially came out and then has again like had this breath of fresh air resurgence and you see, I mean, posts about it all over social media in the same way that you saw when people were initially going into lockdown in 2020 and it like absorbed everyone's lives and it is no small feat that they managed to bring people back to a game that so many of us burned out on because of the way that we were initially engaging with it. I don't know. Are either of you swayed towards someone else's or am I the deciding vote? I, I
1: think no. I, I think... haven't played any other two. So so I it's I mean, I'm I'm happy like with with making you the deciding vote because I I,
2: I, I think I could say this like un, unpacking is I think there's a good argument that's not a handheld first game. And yeah. I think Animal Crossing is. So I, I think it deserves an honorable mention, but uh, uh, unpacking, but I could go with Animal Crossing for that reason.
0: Okay. I, I think, yeah, I think that that's a good good logic. I will go for Animal Crossing as well. And we will anoint it our best handheld game of 2021.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So we're going to jump around a bit, get outside of games. Um, you know, every single year it's not, it's not really a surprise that you love the like Christina, your max book that you spent over three thousand dollars on, I'm guessing. It's not $4, a on. okay. Okay, great. Oh, I hope you love it. Uh, mm. that that's not special. That's not surprising. But what about that little purchase that you make during the year that's around a hundred dollars that you just go like wow, that was a really good value, or I'm really, really glad I bought that. Like it's something that you you find yourself returning to. So I want to start with you, Christina. What is the best gadget you got this year for under
1: $100? For under $100. Um, okay, I got it this year, although I think I technically ordered it. I don't even know when. But I got, um, uh, I think the company is Sanho, and they make these Gan. Um, stackable chargers Ooh. that Ooh. I really like. so it's it's a hundred watts. it's but it's a small kind of um kind of compact size. and you can stack like three of them or I think even five of them on top of one another. But it has like three USB c slots, and I think one um a USB a. It's super compact. um but it's uh, so it's easy and portable, but it's also one hundred watts. So it'll power your MacBook. It'll also, you know, like charge your phone, your other things, and you can plug multiple things in it at once. So I know that this seems maybe like a dumb thing, but for me, like always having to, you know, need to have something that I can plug everything into in one small package, that would probably be it for me. That's the one where I've like consistently like looked back on it and like, I'm really glad I have this. I'm glad that when I bought it, I bought a pack of them. So I have several of them. So I have like one in my bag, one in my office, one in like other room. Um, it just,
0: it makes it really nice.
2: Awesome. Uh, Simone, what about you?
0: Uh, I have a, a two and it's okay. sort of, they're sort of spiritually paired. So choose one or the other. Uh, as you all know, the thing that I got into this year was color changing lights. Yes. Um, <gasps> so my, I think my big one would just be the Phillips hue color changing Bluetooth bulbs, Um, I have put them in my room and in the living room. Okay, I guess I shouldn't say the living room because those are the play lights, which are a little more expensive than $100, but uh, the ones in my room were each under $100, uh, those light bulbs are, and they are fantastic. Uh, If you've watched um, any of the videos that I've done over the past year, I just have this built-in lighting in my room where I can create different moods and stuff without you know, a a whole ton of lighting equipment that I have to like build up and break down every time I shoot because I have these lights that are behind me um, that can create interesting scenes. Um, And if you're looking for something even cheaper at Home Depot, there's this commercial electric uh, LED light strip that you can buy. Uh, It's designed to like stick under a cabinet so you can have counter lighting. I really like this one because it's got basically two strips uh, that you can connect via USB. So you can like put one under one cabinet and the the way that I have it, I have one under one shelf and then I twine the cord down the side of the shelf and then have the next light strip under the next shelf. So it creates these like beautiful LED lights uh, that I can change the colors of, but without needing to like have two different light strips plugged in it's just one one plug which is huge with me because if you have uh if you have color changing lights of any kind you know that the cord situation Mm -hmm. at the moment is not ideal it is a pain in the butt to manage all of the different uh the different plugs and different cords um so i really like this and again this one is only 20 bucks so if you're like dipping into it I totally recommend this because it's a very low financial investment and uh, the results that you get are so pretty and so fun. So that is those are my investment or er, recommendations.
2: So, Simone, like you, I have invested money in this. I built a, a new studio on my top floor and I put all q Like lights in there. I started with one. It got very expensive very quickly to change all the lights in that room to it, but but very well worth it. Do you think the fact that to get everything working together, you would be spending a lot more than $100? Do you think that takes away from this at all?
0: I think it probably does because it is one of those things that's like a slippery slope like I yeah. started with just the LED strip behind my bed and I think immediately that same week I was like oh I need I need these all over my home right. I no more lighting that is just plain white light <laughs> this this is my life now that's exactly
2: um, what happened to me. Yeah. yeah,
0: which is why I think the the light strips, uh, the commercial electric ones, I, mm-hmm. I I recommend because with those ones you can really just get a taste for it, um, and only spend twenty dollars. Um, so if you wanted to just put those all over your home, you could. Uh, the Hue <laughs> ecosystem is something that has a little more expensive buy-in if you want like a huge result all over your home, um, which you will because they're great. <laughs>
2: Hundred um, percent. I don't even know why I'm saying this because I'm going to vote for Hugh Lightbulb, but I'll put yeah, it out too. there anyway. Um Thanks. Mechanical keyboard. Oh, uh, I invested in not like a fancy Christina Bucks mechanical keyboard, but a decent. Thank razor. you, Charles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a mechanical keyboard uh, this year, and what I love about it is, you know, it, it's like. It's like a work amplifier. Like you're like, no, I'm not just answering an email. I'm like getting some darn work done here. Um, it's a really visceral experience, and I just love that. So, um, if you're getting a really good one, obviously you're going to spend more than a hundred dollars. But uh, uh, the one I got was, I think, about one hundred and ten, and it was a very good purchase. So that's what I would say. Uh, but I vote for the Philips Hue. It's a great product.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I've used them over the years, and they've gotten even better and more affordable, and um, they're fun. So, yeah. Did you have your own recommendation, Christina?
0: For under, oh wait, you stock- did stock- our under 100 bucks did. already? Stock-able. Oh my god, yeah. I did my Gan charger. I started. Yeah. It, of course, it. Yes. you started it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, I win. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I rhapsodized so deeply about Philip. I was, was going to say take
1: the. Du- I was going to say take the W Simone Dam. Uh, All right.
2: So we could go with a, a positive one next or a negative one next. Which one? Oh,
1: negative. Come on. Yeah.
0: We let's haven't done any negative. negative
1: yet. All right. Flat out worst trend
2: in the tech industry. There's been a lot of bad ideas in the tech industry this year. I have a feeling this is not going to be a competitive category, but uh, let's start with you, uh, Simone. You but, know to what I'm going to you punish what I'm say. Punish <laughs> you for not remembering Christina's. Thing.
0: Listen, I was very, I was Googling the Philipsy website so I could recommend our listeners, the light bulbs. Um, it's got to be NFTs for me, y'all. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the chip shortage is a bad trend that I would like to see die, but I, for me, it, it has been a multifaceted worst trend um one because it's one of those things that it people get very excited about it and if you don't properly like do your research to hate on it people will just say you're old and you don't get it and i'm 31 um and i'm too young for that um secondly because it it brings nothing genuinely new to art collecting specifically the way that it's primarily being used right now as a, a venue for art collection and social engineering, um, it functions largely on hype rather than actual added value, um, and it, it gets the kind of the kind of treatment, a kind of breathless coverage that something like <laughs> Neopets or a weird old forum or uh, any other sort of like. Social online social communities uh, that aren't based on the hottest new blockchain technology never get, um, because it it has this kind of hype beast spirit at the core of it. <laughs> um, so i I just grate against it at every turn. It annoys me, um, and that is my worst trend of twenty twenty one. Learn something
2: new about you every day. I, had I know no idea you didn't like NFTs, uh, Christina. What about you?
0: Yeah,
1: so um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of say NFT slash Web three. Like I, I feel like they are separate, and and Web three could uh, conceivably be like not just NFTs and 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 you know blockchain. It could be decentralized stuff in general, which I'm actually in favor of, but. And the way most people want to do it is centralized, but I digress. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I feel like and I'm a hype beast and and I'm I'm somebody who has like a collector spirit, but I just I can't support NFTs as they exist right now. And I think it's bad. And like you said, I think that it is um encouraging the wrong types of things. I feel like um, it's, it's, I see so many people that I like and respect, like jumping onto these trains and I don't blame them because there's a lot of money to be had and they don't want to feel like they're getting left behind by, by being against something. So I, I don't blame them even. I'm just like, nah.
2: hmm So, uh, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with, uh, you know, Web3, I feel like it could, there are good ideas there. It's just that everybody involved with it is an a-hole. So, <laughs> you know, like, like uh, I I don't know. I feel like there's some potential there, so I'm not willing to write all of it off just yet. That's, that's me, though. Uh, for mine, I would say uh, it's NFTs, obviously, but honorable mention to the metaverse. Uh, I oh, think trying to call. make the metaverse happen. It's a suicide mission. Um, I do not believe this is going to work out. But is it really a trend when it's really just Facebook trying to make it happen? Not really. So, my voters for
0: NFTs. Nice. Uh, Well, another uncontested category.
2: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Let's flip that right now. Uh, Best trend in the tech industry. So, Christina, let's start with some positivity. What do you think the best thing happening in the tech industry is?
1: I actually think, and we we mentioned this when we were talking about framework earlier. I actually think sustainability. I think that there is Ooh. been a big movement for right to repair. Um, and and look, some of the companies who are, are jumping on board. It might be cynical. I don't actually care uh, what the reason is. But but I feel like the the um, the the trend around right to repair and sustainability and getting rid of e waste has been a really positive trend. Even Dell this week announced it's a it's a prototype. It's it's not an actual product that exists yet. But they were showing off. Like a repairable laptop that would would consume less, um, you know, carbon and and um, be be better for the earth um, than than their existing laptops. This is all really good stuff, you know. Um, uh, Microsoft, uh, where I work, uh, also announced a partnership with iFixit this week for some uh, repair kits for some of their Surface products. Apple, you know, has has now agreed to allow people to buy. You know, um, first party kind of r- repair parts uh, for individuals. Whether or not they will actually use them or still go to a store anyway remains to be seen. But these are all really good things, and so I think that you know we we had this pendulum for a really long time around, uh, you know, kind of against repairability, which is inherently anti-consumer. But beyond that, it, it's bad for the environment. So while we are you know killing the planet in all kinds of other ways, especially you know mining crypto. Uh, I I feel like this has been a a, a good kind of, um, you know, uh, like opposing force to that, which is
0: which is the increasing push for for more green tech sustainability and and right to repair. Can you say that even when it's the reason that Apple no longer includes chargers?
1: Well, I don't (laughs) believe that that is actually I would actually argue that is in some ways a a negative right to repair thing. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. but but sure.
2: Very strong argument. I wish I had thought of that. Uh, Simone, what about you?
0: Um... Okay, I think for me, we talked about this a little before. It's freaking Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, And I, I feel like there are still some questions to be answered there. I, I know we've talked about how, uh, I think you mentioned, Brie that your developer friends do like it and find it like appropriately compensates them. I think there's a lot of questions remaining to be answered about like game ownership and permanence um, (laughs) in the way that like the analog pocket now allows you to play cartridges that you maybe have kept around for 20 years. Will we still be able to play the games that are free on Game Pass in 20 years? Question mark. But Game Pass as a venue for like letting people try games and letting people experience games. Uh, in a way that is affordable for them and is accessible for them across all platforms. like it's it's incredible how well it works, um, and just how how simple it is to use. And it dominated my personal game of the Year list. Um, pretty much everything I loved was something that I had played on Game Pass. And that's as you know, I am a I have a I'm a PlayStation lover and a Nintendo switch lover. It is not often that you get me to to dally in Xbox land. But this year I did, um, and I really enjoyed it.
2: Very strong argument. Um, for me, I think it's going to be unionization. Ooh, We've seen uh, just across the tech industry, I feel like it really started with media, but we're seeing serious conversations in the tech industry about unionizing uh, just this week, Ubisoft uh, put out an all-hands-on-deck panic letter because their employees are increasingly talking about unionizing. So management put out a list of really sad reasons they should not organize. Uh, There have been whispers that managers at various uh, AAA game studios have been given like PowerPoints about what to say if an employee comes to them saying they're thinking about unionizing. So um, I feel like overall... Uh, Rocket, I would say, generally speaking, when we started this show, there was a lot more joy because there was more joy in the tech industry to talk about. I think a lot of the scandals that we cover week after week really come down to uh, the people that make these things not really having a voice in how mm. they're used. Facebook being a great example. Good people work there, bad people lead the company. So um, I think if anything has gotten better this year, it's it's unionizing. Though I have to say, Christine, I think sustainability is an extremely good argument as well.
0: Yeah, both of your uh, arguments were very good can we just merge
2: them together? Cause they're, they're really, yeah.
0: if I, I would vote unionizing, I think, cause I, especially cause that is a trend that I, I would really like to see continue. Um, I mean, just today on Polygon, we had a story about the first like game studio to fully unionize. I think it's Vadio games. Um, and that's a, a huge step for an industry that has been plagued by, by crunch um, and just by unhelpful work practices for so long, mm-hmm. um, so great news! I'd love to see it rebound throughout tech. Christina, how do you feel?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm. Look, I've, obviously, I'm I'm a pro union person and I support it. I feel like um, it, it's been a good trend um, in in the tech world, um, especially in in game studios. The one thing I would say, um, I'm, I'm fine voting for that. The one thing I would say to kind of had caution is that not all unions are created to be equal and yeah. some of the solidarity unions and whatnot are not actual unions. If you don't have a contract, if you're not recognized by your employer, you don't – you're not really a union. You might have some leverage to, to make some changes, but it's not the same thing. And I only mention that because I don't want um, – uh, like lower level employees who are disproportionately the ones who need to unionize more not the higher paid tech workers like me although i'm in favor of everyone unionizing i, I just want to point out that that it's actually the the people who are you know lower that, that benefit from it more but if if you don't have the right type of contract and if you don't have the right kind of like uh, structure understanding um uh, sometimes i i feel like uh it, it's the, the promises that that unionization makes can't be kept. Um, although I'm obviously a massive favor, you know, in favor of, of labor. I, I just like want to add that caveat because oh, I feel it's like. A great so- caveat. Mm-hmm. And
2: you know, like ultimately unions don't matter if we don't have a planet that we're living on, which is why <laughs> sustainability is very important. So uh, we'll give that an honorable mention. It's very important. Um, awesome. Let's get to our fun category. Let's, let's just do this worst financial decision by a Rocket (gasps) host. I have a feeling this is going to be a returning category Mm -hmm. on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Christy. You know, would you like to start this category?
1: Okay. So I mean, investing in Dogecoin um, was was questionable. Um, if I'd gotten out when I needed to get out, but I had the baby, so it was, you know, uh, I was I was it was more obsessed with the nephew. Um, it, it is what it is. And and I can get a I can get a tax write off for the loss of, of of anything. It's fine. But the Dogecoin thing would definitely be questionable. But for me, you know, here's the biggest thing. I made a bet with the Yang Gangers. (laughs) that that, that he wouldn't make it to, um, election day. Now he didn't win, which if I made that bet, obviously I would have won my money, but no one would have bet again. I mean, they, they, you you messed up. I did. So I lost $500 because I bet that Andrew Yang wouldn't make it to election day. And unfortunately he did. So for me, that was, that was my worst financial decision is, was, is, you know, shooting my mouth off on, on Twitter. And, uh, but look, you can say a lot of things about me. You can't say that I don't, on her pet,
0: so you do keep your promises, Christina. Could you really quickly remind me of some of your other financial decisions this year? Because uh, uh, they there's so many.
1: I mean, okay, so there's the Yang Gang stuff. uh There's the Dogecoin investment. There's uh, the fact that I was until you know, like this week, paying two hundred and fifty three dollars a month for cable. um jesus which i didn't realize it was that much because i just pay my credit card off every month and i don't look at it so that's a whole thing i mean i feel like that could be a winner in and of itself um there could be god there's so many i don't even know i could know. never
0: vote for you paying for cable because you paying for cable is the reason that i had hbo um this is true
1: And and look you will have hbo again the login might change but but you will have hbo again to be clear but yeah um I, I, I think I'll say Doge
0: because it, it, eh. obviously, yes, you could have cashed out. But with all of the we, – we knew it was a bubble. We knew it was going to Oh, we did. Pop. I mean, you guys, could be – It was but, funny side, money for you, but
1: – Of course. But also, flip side, you guys, he's going to sell Tesla merch that will accept – you can pay buy – um, Tesla merch with Dogecoin. I'm oh sorry. I'm gonna God. do it. I don't care. I don't care how much <laughs> how much we we hate him. That's too perfect. Oh, also honorable mention would be that I bought um um uh what was the what was the the startup um uh the the Carlos Watson's thing. Oh, I don't remember. Avi Media started with an O. Um, no, it was, it was Aussie Media. I bought I bought I bought I, oh. I, I bought Oz, I, I, I bought Aussie Media merch.
0: That's a good decision. Uh, All right. Christina, all all of your merch is going to be worth millions in 50 years. Okay. Brianna, (laughs) what was your uh, dumbest financial decision? So
2: I feel like I can give Christina a run for her money this year. You know, like it's one thing to have one Porsche. It's one thing to have two Porsche. It's one thing to have three Porsches. I bought a fourth Porsche. This year. And they're all really similar cars. Like, it's not like I've got a Macan and a, like, no, they're all small roadsters. Now, in my defense, that fourth Porsche, I bought it to fix it up and make money from that. And I did just look at bring a trailer. And while it has not gone up a lot, it has gone up a little. And I've not lost any money on it, and I got a lot of driving done on it. But, you know, still, that's, that's a lot of money to be basically risking on flipping, basically. So um, I, I think that's a good argument. I do have to say, Christina, the entire reason I thought of this category was I was shocked. And dismayed in our Apple Music discussion <gasps> to learn how many music services you subscribe oh, to. it's only three. I, I, it's only
0: three.
2: I don't think that's defensible. That's two too
0: many. <laughs>
2: I I feel in some ways that's worse than my Porsche habit.
1: But um, that's just me. Uh, no, no, no. I, I I didn't buy four. I don't have four cars. Um okay. you have zero cars. <laughs> you have zero cars. I mean, we have we have we have a Volvo, but it's it's. Poor Melvin. Um, and, and I don't drive. So uh
0: yeah. I, I do still have to I, I'm gonna stick with Dogecoin because Brianna, ostensibly, you could still make money off that car.
2: I will probably make money
1: on it.
0: I could too. Okay, okay, okay. Okay,
1: okay. I mean, okay. Look, I don't care. I mean, honestly, like I, I it just I literally I literally flush five hundred dollars down the toilet. I don't understand how this is not the winner with the okay. Yang Gang thing. Okay. Oh yes. Okay. Actually, okay. no, yang
0: yang, you're right. You're right. With that, that was just I go with that. foolishness. Okay. I mean,
1: honestly, honestly. Like I literally, like
0: <laughs> And can you uh, for the show notes, uh, link me to your tweet about that if you can still find it? Yeah. Just so that the people can see the genesis of your bad decisions.
2: Well, congratulations, Christina. You have won the worst financial decision by a Rocket host for our first year of the category. Fantastic. I, I, I,
1: this is a category I knew I would win. <laughs> yes. For all you.
2: right. All right. We got to finish this show up. Uh, we've, we're going to skip a couple of them and just do two more. Uh, this is a quick one. Easy one. Best console game this year. Uh, We're all gamers. We love this stuff. Uh, Simone, you literally work for Polygon, so I have a very important opinion here. What is your best console game of the year?
0: I am going to say a PC game, um, but it is just the best game of the year. It's Inscription. Uh, This is a deck building game that starts off in this horrifying cabin where periodically you can get up from the table and try to solve puzzles in the room to help you escape or help your deck become stronger. It goes to stunning places in such a creative way that like lovingly, lovingly talks about deck builders and uh, the deck building, the the deck building scene, Um, as well as just gaming the, the, the various different kinds of games um mm-hmm. and narratively i adored it tonally i adored it i think it's incredibly creative um and uh, a game that everyone should play
2: i literally just bought it as you were saying that though Yay! i don't know anything about it so christina what about you
1: hello infinite
2: Halo Infinite, very. Uh, tell nice. people why. Tell people why. Uh,
1: I think that it, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a actually a really good Halo release. I think that um you know it, uh, it, the the delay I think was actually really uh, worthwhile. I'm glad that they did it. As somebody who hasn't played Halo in a really long time, it reminded me why I really loved the series to begin with. I think that it was a really nice 20th anniversary kind of gift to the Xbox. And uh, yeah, it's fun. So so that's that that that's that's my reasoning.
2: I think the community is correctly giving multiplayer a lot of heat for the slow progression uh, as far as moving through your season pass, but the game itself is rock solid, and that's what I think most of us wanted to see this generation, is Halo just get the fundamentals right, and then they can iterate on that. Um, I think my game of the year, that I would say, is uh, uh, Deathloop. This Mm. was an extremely, extremely, extremely good game. It got, like, it's rare that the game industry puts out 10 out of 10 reviews, like, gives a game a, that 10. Many people did it for Deathloop, and I think it's well warranted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people praise this because you don't see black characters this well realized in, in game stories very often, and that definitely happens in Deathloop. There's a really high metagame as far as the, uh, as far as, um, uh, Uh, speed running it and kind of learning all of the systems for it I think the one caveat I would say is once you've figured out the tricks for Deathloop like which slabs to get and who's where during the day there's not really a lot else to do like Mm. you run through and kill them the same way there's only one golden path and I think that takes against it but overall this is I have just never played anything like it this year
0: we are gonna have an impasse here, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel I I'm committed to inscription. I don't know. One of you is gonna have to be the decider this time.
2: Well, I can see the argument for Halo Infinite being very good. So, uh, Christina, I will go with you on this one.
0: Okay, and Halo I will, I will I, and I will buy inscription because that does <laughs> sound really good. You will enjoy it. I it took me about two days to finish it, and I could not stop playing after a certain point. So yeah.
2: Awesome. Get in there. All right. For the third year, I believe running worst tech company scandal. Uh, (laughs) I love it. My favorite category. Yes. Uh, We've got some top contenders this year, just some amazing scandals. Really the tech industry brought it's, it's, it's a game. I did not think Facebook could go through another year of being the scandal Uh, every single week, but they, they, they delivered, Christina. What do you think the top scandal was this year? Oh,
1: I mean, look, this is a Facebook, Meta, whatever, whatever they are. I mean, obviously they had so many scandals. Um, that almost feels easy. Okay, I'm actually going to go with an interesting one. Okay, so Zillow.
2: Oh, what was the Zillow ooh, scandal that was again? Good. Yeah, we didn't talk yeah,
1: about that on the show, yeah, did okay. we? No, we did not. Okay, so so Zillow, which is like the the home, um, you know, like uh, buying marketplace, um, they um, had this kind of scam uh, where they were um, buying houses to people using something called iBuy. And so the idea behind that would All basically right. be that they buy your house, they give you an offer, they handle stuff in escrow, they go for it. Now, ironically, last year, a friend of mine was. Like, a week away from closing because he, he sold his house through that method. And then they used the pandemic as an excuse to be like, nope, actually, we're going to back out of this. They they, they gave him, uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars, which didn't cover his costs, you know, to kind of get things ready to sell, n- nor the mortgage mm-hmm. that he was going to have to continue to pay. And he had to keep the house for a while longer only for him to sell it to Zillow months later for even more money than what they'd offered him beforehand. And so what happened was, this was a few weeks ago now, um, uh, this is about a month ago, Zillow had to lay off 25% of its workforce and shutter its house flipping service because they made, uh, the algorithm went bad and, and they yeah. were paying way too much money for the houses um, and they wound up, I think, having to write off like so they 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 uh, uh, um, uh, lay off a, a quarter of of their employees, and then they had to write down like I don't know like like four hundred million dollars or something like that. Oh I mean, it was a ridiculous amount of money. Um, uh, it, yeah, so um, so it was uh, yeah, okay, th- yeah, they they wrote down a uh, real estate worth three hundred four million after buying homes that are now worth less than the company's current estimates at their current future prices. So. To me, this was just like in general, I feel like, you know, like shorting stuff and and bets are bad and and GameStop could even be its own category for one of these things, you know, in in, in the stocks market. But I feel like Zillow's just utter collapse of of their uh, home flipping service is absolutely my favorite pick of the year.
2: All right. Simone, what about you?
0: Uh, for me, it was the Peloton e- treadmill eats children scandal. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> just because <laughs> it it was so it ate children terrible. It really did, and their initial response to it was, <sighs> was so flippant, unfurric- um, yes, and just not taking the situation uh, with the gravity that perhaps it should have been treated with. Um, and of course they they did they did backpedal from that so swiftly after that um so props to them for you know eventually coming to their senses but that was pretty uh pretty friggin bad A uh, treadmill without the proper like safety stops that any any sensible treadmill manufacturer would include but i do have to say christina the zillow thing is is gold uh brianna what about you i i feel
2: like i've got really good Candidate here, so yes. hear me out. Okay, Zillow is just hurting Zillow the company, right? Peloton, you're you're, you're and the housing killing, market, and the whole housing yeah, okay. market, and, and everyone wants market. to buy a house. Fair, fair point. Peloton is killing children, yes, but that was like at best a month long scandal, right? My candidate has provided an entire like like month after month after month of what. The frack is going on. And that fine scandal is Activision. <sighs> Ooh. Oh. Activision, mm-hmm. like it started with the state of California, like basically suing Activision. They're doing the process of discovery they find out the most horrific stories. I'm not even going to trigger our audience by going through it again. Just, just take my word for it. It's as bad as it could possibly be. You have, Bobby Kotick writing letters under other employees' names about the scandal. They're so bad, they have to quit. And then it comes out, he did it. And then new scandals come out later about Bobby Kotick personally, like leading this culture of fear and cronyism. And just scandal after scandal and this utter ineffectiveness to do anything anything about it it has been months of this to the point where i don't think activision is redeemable as a company like it's been around for decades y'all so like this is like this is a a nearly this is a really bad wound to activision and it's it's also the the reason i think it's a good candidate is they're, every single force out there is really holding them accountable. You're seeing unionization efforts within the company to step up and, and have them really do the right thing that other things in the industry are copying. So I feel like it's, it's really, it's not just a scandal, it's also a rare example of the system working to really have accountability. So that would be why I think Activision is scandal of the year.
0: I could definitely be swayed by either of yours because they're such a uh, wide-reaching scandals, yeah. Um, compared to Peloton, which really just affected Peloton users, but that and was Peloton so Stock. Um, I I, I, mean, I except for, except for the children, obviously. Um, yeah, I will. Oh gosh, this is really tough. I I think. <sighs> I could be swayed to Activision um, because that, Mm -hmm. it's so bad. It's so bad. For a company that has put out such beloved games. Like, nobody has brand loyalty to Zillow. You use Zillow because you want to look at pretty houses and maybe think about buying one. And it
1: goes so deep, right? Like, like... At the very least, the the Zillow CEO, he is not quit, but at least he's having to own up for like what happened, right? Like mm-hmm. he's at least accepting responsibility and having to talk to shareholders and deal with that stuff. Whereas I feel like Activision, like he's still in charge. Like the board is still doing this. Like it's ridiculous. So yeah. um, I, 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 I can definitely be played, uh, you know, swayed towards Activision, especially since. You know, and it's not just, like, one studio. It's, like, throughout. Like, it's systemic. The fact that... The, here's the thing that that pulls me over to Activision. Is that the woman that they promoted to, like, make things better yeah. quit. Because yeah. they would... A, they were not paying her on on, on par of what her, her co-chairman um, or, or co-president or whatever was going to be paid. So she was, like... Excuse me, and then even worse, they issued like a press release and a memo under her name when the CEO actually wrote it. So yeah. she got thrown under the bus, and then she ended up quitting. And she quit in a really good, like, classy way in terms of not speaking poorly to the public. And then it came out through internal things that the reason she was quitting was because okay, you're treating me like a token. Like she literally said that I'm literally yeah. just here, you know, to, to look this certain way, and you're not even paying me what my my male counterpart is making. So yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, Congratulations, Activision. Yeah. (laughs) And
1: and those are being terrible.
2: Congrats. Uh, Those are the end of the year rocket awards. Congratulations slash. We're sorry to all the winners and losers. Uh, Simone, do you want to play us out? Yeah.
0: Well, if you enjoyed this episode of rocket, I hope a, that you're having a wonderful uh, holiday weekend. B. I hope that you will review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, We really appreciate everyone who does that. It helps people find the show and enjoy the show um, and uh, stay up to date for when we do another fun episode like this. Uh, I love our, our reward and game episodes. They're always a good time. So please do review the show. And thank you so much if you've done that already. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated.
1: Terminated.